1: Alex and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. All right, we've calmed down a little bit from the news that I've Matt Carpenter been calm. is batting fifth tonight for the Cardinals down in Miami. A man that I always love talking to, especially when the Cardinals take on the Marlins, is the former Marlins president David Sampson, joining us via the Brownie and Croupin Celebrity Line. David, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. You know, I love St. Louis. I love being on with you guys. What's happening?
1: Doing all right. So, David, I am curious. You were a team president once upon a time. Uh, the Cardinals are batting Matt Carpenter fifth in their lineup today. He he looks lost at the plate last year. He, he had a really, really rough spring this year, and there's not a whole lot of fans that have a lot of confidence that he's going to get this turned around. I am curious from a business standpoint, when you have a player like Carpenter who's owed $20 million this year, How do you approach that? Because I I can understand wanting to make that contract work, but if you do so at the expense of other guys that are better in your lineup, getting higher in that lineup, how do you make this work?
0: So the last thing you want to do is go to your owner and say, we're not going to play Carpenter anymore. We're not going to bat him. We're not going to play him. And we're sorry. It's just not happening. You really, that's sort of when all else, spot in the lineup, every spot in the field, you literally do anything before acknowledging you made a mistake with a contract. I know that I've done that a lot of times over my 18 years. So the stage that the Cardinals are in right now is that they are hopeful that spring doesn't matter, which they know it doesn't, whether you hit 500 or 200, it really doesn't matter. It's only meant to get you ready for the season. And you also were hoping that he would start strongly even though we also know how you start doesn't matter because it's such a small sample size, but it still gives you a little cover with the media, with the fans and with your owner. And right now they're looking for that cover. So it's only the first week of the season. They're going to go with him for another month or two. You're not going to see any change at all. In my opinion until June
1: with that mindset, David, do you, do you ever change that mind? Like what has to happen from a team perspective where you change that mindset and say, look, it's time to pull the plug here.
0: Uh, The answer is you do that when you think that you, as I said, when you've run out of all possibilities and you don't run out of those possibilities in April, because you get to keep saying it's early. And as long as I can tell the owner, it's still early. I can buy some time when you get around June and you sort of can see the all-star break coming in 30 days and you start planning your deadline, which is coming in 60 days at the end of July. That's when you can no longer say it's early, except what I used to say when we had a really bad player, who is being paid a lot of money, I would say it's not early, but it's late early. So that would give me another week or two to hope that the player would turn it around.
1: Interesting. We're talking to David Sampson, former Marlins president, joining us here on 101 ESPN. David, what's been your early impression of this Cardinals team so far? I mean, Goldie and Arenado have looked the part. They look tremendous batting second and third for the Cardinals. Uh, The rest is a little bit of a work in progress for sure, but what's been your early impression of this team?
0: I'm just, I am, I'm fully obsessed and hope that all of you are appreciative that you get to watch Yadi Molina. Uh, It is so remarkable what he's done over 17 years, 17 straight opening day starts and just having him back. And I'm not necessarily looking at his impact anymore on the offensive side or even on the defensive side. His reputation carries him defensively and then his, Sort of veteran status is what helps the team in ways that you may not see because it's not happening when the lights are on or when the cameras are on. And that's sort of how I think about Wainwright as well and what his role is on this team. I think for the Cardinals to perform, that middle of the lineup is going to have to do it. And when you have Goldschmidt and Arenado, you have a very good opportunity to be a top offensive team. And just don't get worried about, you know, being two and two or if you lose a game to the Marlins, which I doubt they will, but they could. Mm -hmm. Just don't start thinking about anything until after 60 so here's the rule that we had you're going to win 60 games every year and you're going to lose 60 games every year all that matters is, is 42 games so we would go into a season and we would go through with the manager and the players and the gm sort of the 42 games where we identified what record we needed in those 42 games to make the playoffs and which games they were
1: David, I'm curious when it comes to that heart of the batting order, you know, we, we did a list earlier this season on our show of the most important Cardinals for this upcoming season. And obviously Goldschmidt and Arenado are at the top of that list, but when it comes to offense around those guys, who do you think is important for this season to be successful?
0: So the way we look at our lineup is when you have the best guy, you're generally your best hitter is in the two hole. It didn't used to be that way, but it is now. So you put your best hitter in the two hole We used to do speed at the top of the lineup, but now let's say Goldschmidt at two. What you really want to see is your leadoff hitter, whether it's Tommy, Edmund, whoever they have leading off. You just need people on base. So I'm looking at the top of the order and the bottom of the order because when it goes around how your bench performs, believe it or not, whether or not there's a chance of ever hitting your pitcher eighth because the reason why we used to hit pitchers eighth from time to time is we wanted the top of our order to have as many people on base as possible. What's changed a little bit, is the reality that we're just waiting for a home run. We're just waiting for a home run or a strikeout or a walk. But now in 2021, what if they did deaden the balls? What if there's going to be a different year this year? We don't know. It's only been four games. What if it's about gap hitting? What if it's about moving runners and speed? Then that will sort of change how your lineup looks. So my answer is I'm looking at Goldschmidt and Arenado and how many opportunities they have with people on base. And if I'm running the Cardinals, I'm making sure – that I put my best on-base percentage guys in the eight-nine-one hole.
1: David, one of the things that you said that I found really interesting was talking about the importance of guys like Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, not even necessarily on the field, but what they bring off of the field. And I think this fan base feels that as well. It's important here in St. Louis, as you know, to be able to have guys like Wayno and Yachty never wear another jersey in their careers, as someone who's been on the business side of things in a front office, how significant is that to be able to keep guys that are with? I mean, Yachty, I think, is a future Hall of Famer. Wayno is going to be wearing a red jacket for the Cardinals eventually. How important is it to keep those guys in one city for their entire careers?
0: The only, it, it, it's not until it is. So I want to explain that very, very deeply here quickly. We've got players who we want to be on our team. We want them to retire a Cardinal. But if they have a delusion about what they're worth and they want to pretend that they're still worth what they were making at the height of their career on the field, we're not going to pay that for what they offer to us off the field combined with their diminished performance on it. But if they're reasonable and they recognize that they're not going to get paid what they did, then I would be more likely to have that player stay on the team for longer and retire as a lifetime Cardinal. But if there comes a point where Yadier says, listen, I'm not re-signing at anything under than $7 million, he's not going to be worth that for much longer. So if he stays too long, you'll see his salary go down and down and down, and the Cardinals are going to keep signing him to those lower and lower contracts and keep him as long as he wants. But if his demands stay the same or go up, then the Cardinals would be okay with saying goodbye to him, because at the end of the day, he is a Cardinal. Everyone will associate him with the Cardinals, and, it'll, and that's how it will end up.
1: David Sampson, former Marlins president, joining us for just another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can also check out his podcast called Nothing Personal. You can find the link to that on his Twitter account at David P. Sampson. David, I did want to ask you about the big news in baseball today with Fernando Tatis going down with his shoulder injury, the recurring shoulder injury for him. How do you think that front office out in San Diego right now is feeling about this injury after they just signed him to that mega deal?
0: Well, they knew because they've got multiple sets of medicals for every player, right? They've got the secret set and the actual set. And, but they have access to all sets. So they knew that Tatis had a shoulder issue. And the way we used to look at it, like when we signed Stanton to 13 years, 325, we knew he had been injury prone, but we thought all the injuries were not related. And even though he had just been hit in the face, our belief was that he'd come back and he'd be fine because the odds of a position player having a career-ending injury are really de minimis. You know, Albert Bell with a degenerative hip. I mean, there are things that happen. But generally, you worry about pitchers more than position players. So the Padres are okay with Tatis's shoulder. They knew about it. He's going to have to have surgery uh, on that shoulder because it keeps popping in and out. And that's not good for long term. So he's going to want to clean it up and fix that. And the Padres are going to talk to him about when to do it. And that's always an uncomfortable conversation because teams want their players to get surgery at a time when they'll miss as few games as possible. And players, depending on their contract status, want to not play if they're injured because they're concerned about their stats and then not getting paid as much. But in this case, with Tatis already signed, they will be able to come to a quick agreement about the best time for his surgery, and we'll wait to see what that is. I think they're going to hold on as long as possible because that type of surgery, he could miss a bunch of this season, and the Padres, for whatever reason, believe that they are destined this year.
1: And last thing for you, David, around baseball and certainly here in St. Louis, one of the big conversations is about getting the innings from the pitchers. Have you seen any trends that interest you so far in terms of the way that starting pitchers are being used early in this season and what that could mean over 162?
0: So right now they're coming off a 2020 season where they, they had 60 games, so that's about a third less roughly than what they would normally get. It is not good for pitchers to go from 70 innings to 200 innings. Uh, when they haven't pitched that much since 2019. So I think that what we're going to see here in the middle late summer is more pitcher injuries, more position player injuries, because they're going to start having three, four 400, 500 at-bats for the first time in two years. And you're going to see that depth is going to matter. And I think the Cardinals are in good shape in the Central because they're going to need depth, they have depth, and at the deadline you're going to see buyers buying depth versus stars it's
1: interesting that's certainly something that we've talked a little bit about throughout the spring and it's interesting to hear that from you as well david always appreciate the time man all the best to you and the family enjoy it down in miami and we'll be listening to the nothing personal podcast that we can find over on your twitter account at david p Sampson. thanks so much for hopping on with us today
0: have a great day thanks guys Bye.